0: you know in the uh, world of advertising a good tagline or a slogan it's usually good for four or five years uh rarely do they make it more than a decade but ford and they've managed to do it for over 40 years built ford tough it's one of the longest running uh, slogans and taglines ever Uh, and according to ford they say that slogan is their commitment to being resilient, dependable, that being being in it for the long haul, so to speak. And it's a phrase that rings true, especially uh, Ford truck owners. They, they take pride in built Ford tough. And so I'm just curious, any uh, Ford fans out there? Well, make some noise, make some noise, yeah. And I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge Chevy fans. <laughs> so they, uh, there's always been this rivalry between the two, uh, between Ford and Chevy. And so what I thought, it would be my duty to kind of fan the flames on this one. And uh, so here's, here's some uh, memes that I ran across. And uh, yeah, how to fix a Ford buy a chevy (laughs) yeah i like this one lifted ford lifted chevy (laughs) i'm gonna go back and forth here by the way i'm giving equal time so yeah so made of aluminum way less (laughs) easier to push home so if you need help pushing it home today let me know so (laughs) Uh, i'll let you read Yeah, I like this one. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This one takes a little bit. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) What do you call Chevy at the top of the hill? A miracle. (laughs) This is my personal favorite, the next one here. (laughs) yeah so the young ones are looking at that going i don't understand fred Flintstone, so yeah but uh yeah yeah well we're we're continuing our series built and today what i want to do is focus on built faith tough you know faith is built it's always built in fact, faith is a major theme you find throughout Scripture. In the book of James, uh, which is considered the most practical book in the New Testament, it focuses on faith. And there's this connection between faith that's claimed and a faith that's lived in life. And so James is going to challenge our understanding of faith. In fact, James would say, faith without works it's lacking, it's weak. Faith and actions are intrinsically connected to one another. And so the the fact is James is going to go as far as to say if you do not understand the connection between the the two of them, that you really could be in the potential of living a flat-lined life, a faithless life. In fact, you could be in jeopardy of losing your eternity, according to James. And so what I want to do, I'm going to focus on a section of Scripture that some have misinterpreted through the years because they didn't understand this connection between faith and actions. And, And faith, again, it's built, and faith is always, always, always connected to actions in our lives. You know, many of you know, I, I like to escape to the Florida Keys, and just about any time I could get a chance, I, I, I just some of my fondest memories of my childhood growing up are living in the Keys, and so, you know, Key West, it's uh, the most southern of all of our cities, Uh It's closer to Cuba than it is the mainland. And so when I lived down there, there were three classifications of people. There were what they called saltwater conchs, and that's people that are born in Key West. And then there are freshwater conchs, and that's people that have lived there enough years to be considered that. And then there were tourists in Key West. And it was really easy. When I lived there, I could spot a tourist always. You know, they, they do crazy, crazy stuff. Like in the middle of the winter, it's 70 degrees. Tourists are in the ocean or in the gulf. They're scuba diving. They're swimming. They're enjoying it. And we would look and think they're, they're all crazy. I mean, it, it just didn't make any sense. Any conch would look at that and go, that's insane. What's up with that? And we had a term that we used down there. And I'm just going to say up front, this probably isn't politically correct. So hold on to your chairs and get prepared to be offended somehow. So, And the term was, they're a doing fool. Look at that doing fool. You are a doing fool. And we used it all the time. James, through the book, is going to use, and this is a loose translation, but he's going to say, "You're doing fool, you're doing fool." And in fact, many followers of Jesus Christ—they—they—they they believe their faith strong. In fact, many of them say the right things, but James is going to come along and say, "You know, you talk a good game, but it's just talk. You're doing fool." faith and actions are inseparable. Faith is built. It's always built. James says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Now, a lot of Christ followers hear that or read that and are a little bit confused because it appears to be a contradiction to what the Apostle Paul says. The Apostle Paul says in scriptures and Ephesians 2, he says, for it is by grace, okay, it's uh, not something you can earn, it's not something you deserve, but it's by grace that you've been saved. You've been saved through faith, through faith, and that term faith in the, in the Greek, it carries the idea of living it, of productivity. It implies that you trust Jesus Christ as you live, live your life. And he says, and this is not from yourselves. It's a gift from God. There's this tension. You know, Paul says, you've been saved by faith. James, okay? James comes along and says, "Yeah, faith's fine. It's important. But you better show it by your actions, by what you do in your life." Can can you feel that tension there? You know, is it faith alone or is it works alone? And what we do. You know, can you work your way to heaven? And so I, I think, well, what kind of place would heaven be if you worked your way there? Can you picture heaven? People walking around going, you know, you know what I did to get here? Yeah, I did this and this and this. And, wow, well, you think that was good. You should have seen what I did. And, and see, Paul says, not by works so that no one can boast. And so we've got this tension. Paul, Paul's talking faith saved by faith. James is talking, faith's important, but works. And most people read this and they just stop there. But the fact is, if you read on, Paul's going to clarify, but, the, but this plot kind of gets thick at a point. You know, Paul continuously says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. Hmm. In other words, before you were gleaned in your parents' eyes, you were created, created by God to do good works in life. Actions. So here's the math, so to speak. By grace, we're saved. Through faith. To do good works. There's an order to this. Grace, faith, works. And the good news is that James and Paul are singing the exact same song. You know, there is no dissidence here. It's pure harmony. You know, we're talking BTS, little big town. You know, Bruno Mars, perfect harmony here. And James says, if you really have faith, if you really have it, if you really follow Jesus Christ, there will be a harmony between your faith that you profess in your life and works. Faith is not just what you say. It's what you do in life. And to help us understand it, James, James begins to expand on this. He says, suppose a brother or sister's without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? So, I mean, that's pretty simple to understand. You, you get the picture, don't you? You know, somebody shows up at your door and they're Poor they're they're hungry they they are genuinely in need and so you're like oh, come on in the house you know honey could you get my bible we're gonna we're gonna have a bible study here and, you know and so you're like uh, okay did you know because i was reading the other day in scripture did you know that that god fed the children of israel they were out, out in the desert, and he sent a manna from heaven. Isn't that something? That's so cool. It's so cool. You know, the fact is, I know you're struggling in your life. I want to pray for you. You know, God, help this person get in a situation where they could get some food and some clothing, maybe get a roof over their head. You know, be with them, Lord. Amen. I'm so glad we got to spend some time together. Hope things work out. See you later. Well, newsflash. They did not need scripture right then. You know, see, they, they needed something better than that. They needed sonic, you know, a supersonic meal deal. They they needed food. See, too many Christ followers. They read scripture but they miss the application of Scripture. You know, too many Christ followers want want to highlight their Bible and tell you everything they know. But the real question for me is, do you allow the Bible to highlight your life and determine how you live your life? You know, do, do do you allow that? Don't misunderstand me. Bible study, very, very important. But it is equally important what we do with Scripture in our life. Faith is built. Faith is what? It's built. It always syncs up with action in your life. Always. Not sometimes. Not once in a while. Always. Genuine faith can be seen and not just heard how do you know if you have faith? Well, it changes your life. It changes how you live. It changes what you think, what you do. It says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is what? Dead. Faith without action. It flatlines. You know, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, faith saves you. That's what faith does. You know, saved by grace, it's that undeserved favor of God in your life. Saved by grace through faith for works in life. Faith and works, they're always connected, always connected. Faith isn't just something you claim. The fact is, faith produces growth, produces fruit in your life. And so James is going to go on. He says, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. And so you're going, well, what's going on there? Well, you've got some Christ followers do good deeds because of their faith. Okay? That's one. Some do good deeds in place of their faith. They're going to work their way there. Well, do and fool here. He says, you believe that there's one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. What do demons believe? Hmm. Well, they they believe in the existence of God. They know there's a God. They believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. They understand He's the Son of God. They they believe in punishment. They believe in a judgment. They know that's coming. They even submit to power. You read the New Testament, the demons submitted to Jesus. They knew. They were outclassed that he had a higher authority. The demons believed all that stuff, but they're not followers of Jesus Christ. Well, why? Well, they believe, but here's the catch. There's no life change for them. They, they believe in God and Jesus. And in fact, Scripture says they fear both which is more than some Christians do, I'll tell you. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Do you want, I mean, you foolish person, doing fool, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? You know, James James shares uh, some illustrations, uh, and we're going to kind of bounce through these, but of two people, and there are two people that on the surface, when you take a look at them, you think they don't have anything in common with one another. You know, and the first person, Jewish patriarch, his name's Abraham, and if you know the story of Abraham, and James kind of breaks it down, but he says, you know, God tapped Abraham on the shoulder one day. He says, I want you to, to move from the city of Ur, and I want you to move to the promised land. And I'm not going to give you any details, Abraham, but I just want you to trust me. And if you read the story, Abraham did just that. Abraham's actions were told, showed his faith, that it was very evident because he just trusted God and did what God asked him. You know, and then one night, God had him out in the desert. And he says, see all the stars in the sky? You know, one day you're going to be a great nation. They will all be your, your descendants. And we know that was Israel that God was talking about. But it says that Abraham believed it. He, he was justified by his faith. He was justified by his actions, Scripture says. His faith was known because people could look and go, yeah, he's a follower. He's following God. But God doesn't stop there. In fact, we're going to find that God runs Abraham through some trials in his life because God wanted to see, was his faith real? And so while Abraham's waiting to be a father... Years and years and years go by, no children. And he's like, okay, God, you said I'd have kids. Babe. But one day the angel showed up and says, you're going to have a son now. Which must have seemed crazy because Abraham's 99 years old at this point. Sarah's 90. And it says, when Sarah heard it, she just started laughing. <laughs> like, what? You've you got to be kidding me. But Scripture makes a real point. Abraham believed. His faith was accredited to him, Scripture says, as righteousness. And because he believed, Isaac was born. Now, I'll be honest with you. I can't imagine being a parent at 99 years old. can't imagine being a parent at my age. <laughs> but uh, So it pushed the clock forward. Isaac, he's a teenager. He's the apple of his father's eye. God tells Abraham to do something very strange, very odd. He says, Abraham, I want you to go to Mount Moriah. And I want you to offer up your son as a sacrifice. It's kind of a hard story. You know, Abraham, we're told, was obedient. He headed to the mountain. And as they're they're traveling and ascending the mountain, Isaac uh, says, Hey, Dad, where's the sacrifice? I thought we were going to the top to sacrifice to God. Abraham's reply is just very simple. God will provide. They get to the top. He builds an altar. Then he binds his son, lays him on the altar, draws his knife. I I can't even imagine what was going through his mind. Angel appears again. Abraham, stop. Your actions have proven your faith. And then the angel points over in a thicket, and there's a ram caught in the thicket. He says, There's your sacrifice, offer it up instead. When Abraham's faith was tested, he proved faithful. His faith, and this is what I want you to get, and this is what James wants you to get, his faith required action on his part. Faith and action are always connected. You cannot separate them. You know, you you cannot exercise your faith sitting around, sitting in church, sitting in a Bible study and just talking about it, listening to it. Faith requires movement. Faith requires trusting God. Faith requires obedience. Faith requires action in your life. It always requires action. And so I just wondered today, what is it that God's asking you to do? You know, where is it God's asking you to be obedient in your life? What is it God's asking you to sacrifice in your life? Do you know why? I, I've thought often about Abraham and, and being asked to sacrifice his son, and I'm like, how could Abraham have even went up the mountain thinking, okay, this is what i got to do? And And this is just my thought, okay? This isn't biblical, you know, it's not in the Bible, let's put it this way, but I think, I think Abraham was willing to do that because in Abraham's mind, if God could give him a child when he was 99 years old, God could very easily have resurrected his son and brought him back to life. And the point is, it was about faith. What kind of faith was Abraham going to have? He says, you see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did, by what he did. James then declares in the very next verse, he says, you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. See, James wants us to get this. He's saying... When it comes to faith, faith that is unproductive in life will not save you. It cannot save you. It is not genuine. It it is not real faith without having actions with it. That's one of those ouch scriptures for me. Ouch. Then James is going to give us a second example. Rahab she's a prostitute who makes a faith decision. You know, and so a little on the the backstory here, we've got Joshua. You remember Joshua took over for Moses leading and he was taking them into the promised land and he's preparing for a great battle at Jericho. And so Joshua sends in spies into the city. They're kind of on a reconnaissance mission. And the spies meet up with Rahab. Now, you should know she wasn't just a prostitute. She actually owned a, a brothel or a hotel. And so she provides rooms for the, the spies. And she she gives them safe passage. She protects them from, from the authorities. And so the spies tell her, God's going to destroy Jericho. Jericho's going to fall. And so she, she agrees to, to protect them and everything. See, she believed. She assisted them. She helped them. She actually helped them escape. They wouldn't have without her. And so they tell her before they leave, they say, hey, because you believed God, because you believed everything we told you, because of your faith, you shall be spared when we take over. See, because of her faith, God saved her. If you know history, because of her faith, she is actually mentioned in the book of Hebrews in the Hall of Fame of the Greats of the Greats, Hebrews 11, right there, Rahab. She is also recognized in the lineage of Jesus, Rahab. You're reading along, and there's Rahab because of her faith. And friends, I do not care who you are. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you've done. God says, and that's all that matters, God says, if you have faith, God says, if you trust me, you'll be saved by your faith, period. All your sins, forgiven, forgotten, past, present, future, all wiped out, saved by faith. In other words, salvation is not something you earn. It's not something you, you do to, to receive it. it. It's not a process, It's a once and for all event where you go, I believe, period. Once you're saved and have salvation, if faith is real, it results in actions in your life. James wants us to get this and understand it. He says, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Faith that doesn't have action, it's it's dead. Paul's gonna echo the exact same thing in Philippians. He says, so you must continue to live in a way that gives meaning to your salvation. Do this with fear and respect for God. You're not working for salvation. You're not working... to, to get it, but you're working because of it. Because God saved you, you now live it out in your life. Saved by faith, by grace, through faith, period. But real, genuine, real faith, always, 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 always results in actions in your life, works, fruit. It changes how you live, period. And so what I want to do is to just look, does your faith, if people look at your life, does your faith show? Does it? No, Paul asks it this way, he says, Examine yourself to see if your faith's genuine. Test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you failed the test of genuine faith. So let's take a faith test. So good teacher says, No cheating. And no looking at your neighbor right now. But let's see, is faith real? Is it authentic? And I would just challenge you to grade yourself. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God. And grade yourself one to ten, okay? So one, I've been playing games, I'm a doing fool. And a ten, I'm all over it and I'm living it, period. So here's, here's the first question or categories of question. Do you have a strong desire to grow spiritually in your life? In other words, uh, do you read your Bible? Do, do you pray? Do you spend time with God daily? And then rate yourself. Where are you at? Doing full? I'm all over it or somewhere in between. Here's the second. Do you seize the opportunity to share your faith? When a situation, a door gets open where you could share your faith, do you do it? Or do you hold back? You know, when was the last time you invited somebody to church? When was the last time you told someone about your faith? Where are you at? Are you obedient to God? In other words, do you, do you live a life that's God-honoring? Uh, do you approach every area of your life a- as worship, what we talked about last week, you know, how you recreate, uh, how, you, how you work you know, with your finances, all that stuff? Do you, where are you at with that? Are you using your God-given gifts for the kingdom of God? Are you serving somewhere in ministry? Again, rate yourself. Where are you at? Are you at worship regularly? Are you connecting with other Christ followers? Are you in a fellowship with a few other people, a few other believers, where you kind of build each other up, encourage, love, support, challenge? And here's the last one. Have you bowed a knee to Jesus Christ? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? This is a very specific moment, and it's a defining moment where you change. And I save this one for the last because even if you answered on the first five questions, you said yes, and I'm all over it, and I'm doing it, and I've got it all together, and I'm A-plus on this one. If you have not and cannot answer yes to this last question, if your, your answer is, well, no, I haven't done that, the other stuff means nothing, period. It means nothing in your life without bowing a knee to Christ faith decision? Have you acknowledged that you're a sinner in need of forgiveness? You know, have you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and be the Savior and Lord of your life? You know, have you taken those steps? You cannot be good enough. You'll never be good enough. You cannot work your way to heaven, no matter what you do, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, no amount of work will matter, period. None of it will matter. You've got to get this one right. You're saved by faith in Jesus Christ. And because of that faith, when you take that step, what happens? The Holy Spirit comes into your life and starts working in you and through you. The fact is, because of that faith, you're moved to actions in your life, and you will never, ever, ever be the same when you take that step, period. See, that kind of faith, it works. It always works. It's always about action, built. Faith is what? Built. Built. And faith is built tough, very tough, when it's backed up with actions. It always is. So let's stand for, for a word of prayer. I just want to say you know, for some, maybe there's something that just kind of resonated this morning. Maybe you realize you haven't taken that step to make Jesus Christ your Savior and Lord. It's not difficult. You just say, okay, God, I know I messed up. I need forgiveness. And God, I want you as my Savior today. And you just say yes in your heart. It's not complicated. Make today a new day in your life. Let's bow in prayer. Our holy God, God, right now, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit is moving. And God, I have no doubt there's someone here today that... um, They need you as their Lord and Savior. They haven't taken that step. And God, I pray that they would just say yes right now. And that they would know their sins are forgiven. that Because of Jesus Christ, accepting him as their Savior. Their faith starts today. And God, I pray that uh, they would just say, Lord, I take you as my Savior. And I want you to be the Lord of my life new day lord new day and god i pray that all of us that maybe have followed christ for years decades maybe it's been 50 years lord but god we would show our faith by our actions and god that you would convict us maybe the the works The deeds, the actions have been kind of thin. God, I pray that your spirit would just press us, that we would be people that live our faith loud, that we would make sure the world knows, God, that we wouldn't be obnoxious, but that people would look and go, there's something different there. They live different, I want that. God, help us to be people that live by faith, Let's show our faith by the decisions we make, by the way we live. God, we put you front and center in every area of our lives. God, we give you glory and praise with all that we say and do. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. God's people said, amen. Let's worship together.